Welcome. What's the spread? Season one, episode three. We're talking Big Ten football. We got picks against the spread. As always, I'm your host, Dan Starr. Joining me today, we got Andy Starr. Andy, how you doing? Doing good. I feel like we need some college game day music or something for this one. I'm ready to get going. Something a little fancy, just amp it up a little bit. Yeah. And then also joining us, guest picker of the week, Kana Tavinati. Kana, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's great, man. <laughs> Let's go. All right. All right. So basically for everyone out there, Kana's from the Upper Pen- Peninsula of Michigan. He's in Big Ten country lives and breathes it so he's gonna have some extra knowledge for us today so uh andy let's kick it off where are we starting here tonight so we're gonna kick it off with the first game tomorrow that's illinois at wisconsin wisconsin comes in as a 19 point favorite on the illini um so just a few things to set up the matchup here wisconsin was seven and zero at home last year their average margin of victory at those home games was 26 points uh, Illinois was three and two on the road. Um, and last year when these teams met, uh, in Champaign, Illinois, uh, Illinois shocked them with a 24, 23 victory. So we'll see how things are different than how they play out this year. Uh, anything you want to jump on with this matchup right away, Dan? No, I think the cool thing about it is this is the, uh, big 10 opener Friday night. So, uh, under the lights, the, the weird part's going to be no fans in the stands, um, so that'll be a little bit different. I don't know what they're going to do between the third and fourth quarter for jump around, but I think it'll still be a interesting atmosphere and uh, a big one for uh, both teams here. Yeah. So just looking at last year, Wisconsin, their defense was top 10 in the country. I think they're only putting up, uh, letting 17 points per game. Uh, offense was obviously, you know, typical Wisconsin They're you know, ground and pound and, you know, they run up the, score from time to time they were putting up 34 points per game so um as we talked about in the first or in the second episode you know their offense is looking completely different this year with no taylor no cephas no jack cone so it'll be interesting to see you know what they put on the field there uh illinois on the other hand uh you know they had a balanced attack they're you know putting up 26 points per game and allowing 26 points per game as well so kind of middle of the road for the Big Ten. Um, so the spread is 19 points, which is obviously a lot. You know, we're looking at more, you know, about a three-possession game. Um, and just based on what I'm seeing with, you know, the question marks on offense for Wisconsin, I'm leaning Illinois with the points. I don't know how you guys feel. Yeah, Kana, you uh, got some insight here? I do. Do you know who Graham Mertz is? Because 90% of the country does not. 19 <laughs> no. points by a quarterback who has played a combined or thrown a combined nine passes against Central Michigan and Kent State is not filling me with confidence against a team that they lost to last year. I think Wisconsin wins a fairly comfortable game, but 19 is pretty rich for my blood. No, I uh, I hear you there. I think uh, winning by 19, so basically you got to find a way to get three touchdowns uh, more than Illinois. Um, Illinois returns a lot on offense. They got their uh, stud quarterback, Brandon Peters. He's a senior this year. They're senior laden heavy on offense as well. A lot of juniors returning that are starters. 
And then their defense actually returns a fair amount of seniors and juniors as well. Um, so I look for this team to be experienced, come out hungry. And like you guys are saying, the, the 21 points are the 19 points to cover here with a unknown offense with uh, Graham Merritt's they lost Quintez Cephas. They lost Jonathan Taylor. They lose a lot of guys. So I just don't know if they can get clicking early enough to cover those 19 points. So I think we're pretty much all in agreement here uh, with Illinois with the plus 19 and covering. I do have to take umbrage with one thing. Did I or did I not hear you just call Brandon Peters a stud quarterback? <laughs> I did say that. I did say that, but I meant a stud quarterback when it when it pertains to Illinois, he might be the best they've had in decades. Okay, because I'd like to make a side bet on this that no one will have ever called him a stud. Over under .5 season total being called a stud quarterback for Brandon Peters. I'm taking the under. <laughs> there might be some Illinois radio guys that will call him that at some point. All right, well, we'll remember this. We will. All right, moving on. Andy, what do we got next here? So – Start of the Saturday slate, uh, I believe the first game, I think there's a few at uh, the noon hour, but uh, Rutgers at MSU, MSU coming in as a 13.5 point favorite. Uh, this is Mel Tucker's first season as well as Greg Schiano's first season back at Piscataway. And uh, uh, MSU, let's see, they were 4-3 and three at home last season. Uh, Rutgers 0 and 5 on the road, but they were just abysmal last year. Um, and I, they got shut out on the road three times, so things weren't looking good for Rutgers. I think their average point total that they scored on the road last year was three, so hopefully they're looking to improve their offense here. Um, MSU won this matchup last year, which was in uh. In at Rutgers, twenty-seven nil. So that was one of uh, another one of the shutouts that wasn't on the road. So, a um, couple things there for you, Dan. Anything else you you see off the top there? No, I think the the biggest storyline is probably going to be you know a rebuilding year for Michigan State, losing D'Antonio, first year Mel Tucker, like you said, um, and then also Rutgers. You know they got Greg Schiano round two, so. What can he do? How quickly can he turn them back around to getting that number two ranking that they had, you know, many years ago? Um, they they return a lot of pieces to their team. Rutgers does, but their team was terrible on both sides of the ball. So I don't know how, what what that really means. Um, Michigan State, on the other hand, they don't return a lot on defense, which is normally their bed and our bread and butter. And then offense, they have a lot of holes to fill as well. So this is kind of a tricky one here. I think it's going to be low scoring. Um, and then you got to find basically 14 points for Michigan State to cover. Do you see them covering, Kana? Oh, man. This game is going to just be brutal to watch. I could see like an 18 nothing Michigan State victory, all field goals. I think, <laughs> right. I think they cover, but oh, this is going to be just a slog of awful. Yeah, I tend to agree with Kana there. Um, Rutgers is just straight bad. Like, Chiano can do whatever he wants to, but there's no talent on this team. They gave up 37 points per game on defense last year, and they only put up 13 points per game on offense. So, like you said, Dan, they're just, you know, horrible in all phases of the game. 
Uh, MSU is not great either by any stretch of the imagination. They do get Elijah Collins back. So I'm expecting them to just pound the rock with him all day long. And like Kana said, like, you know, they'll be lucky to score a touchdown, but I just don't see Rutgers moving the ball at all. Like even if they, if they score a touchdown, they might, you know, cover, get a backdoor cover or something, but uh, I don't see that happening. I'm going to bet MSU uh, covering the 13 and a half. See, the only thing that scares me is Sparty's offense. So if Rutgers can somehow some way scrounge together even 10 points, I don't think Sparty's going to get 24. So I think, you know, you take Greg Schiano, it's his first year back. He's going to throw in some weird plays, some weird packages. I think Noah Vidral, the transfer quarterback from Nebraska, is actually going to get the start. They haven't named a starter yet, but he's the one that I think they're going to they're going to run out there and he's going to be the guy and just make, you know, make that offense run a little bit different. So I think they find a way to score, especially early on in the NCAA. The defenses have struggled. So I, I think Rutgers is going to find a way to get some points. And all they need, I think, is probably 7 to 10 points, and they'll, they'll get the cover. So I'm going to uh, go against you guys here, and I'm taking Rutgers in the 13 and a half. There we go, a little uh, animosity in the picks. Um, next one is a uh... – this is the biggest spread of the week. This is Nebraska at Ohio State. Ohio State coming off a Big Ten championship season and a college football playoff appearance. Uh, they come in at home as a 26-point favorite. Ohio State, like I said, 7-0 and at home last year. Their average margin of victory last year was 37 points, and that obviously had a couple of 70 burgers in there. So, uh, yeah, they were putting up points last year, and – Aside from J.K. Dobbins, they didn't really lose much on offense. Uh, Nebraska, on the other hand, two and three on the road. Their only wins were against Maryland and Illinois uh, on the road, so nothing too, not really any signature wins. Um, So, I don't know, what do you think on this one, guys? Yeah, this one's interesting because you got a ton of points, but you got a high-powered offense, you got a stout defense, and then you got Nebraska and Nebraska is already coming out. Uh, Coach Frost, I think it was today or yesterday said basically he's going to root for Ohio state every single game this year because they help get the big 10 season underway. And I feel like he's trying to like ease the pain that's going to happen on Saturday. He's like, Hey guys, you know, we like you don't kill us, but I think it's going to be a bloodbath. So, you know, they were the last year was 41 to seven in Lincoln this year. It's at the horseshoe. I just don't see, you know, quarterback Adrian Martinez. He's coming back from for Nebraska, and he, you know, at times looks good, but other times he's just terrible. I don't think they have enough on offense to really get things going, and, and Ohio State's going to put up 50. So, you know, you're going to have to get some touchdowns if you're Nebraska, and I'm not seeing it here on paper. Kana? Oh, nothing would please me more than to see a Nebraska victory in the shoe. But there's a lot of things I'd like in life that aren't going to happen. This is going to be just a rout. 57-7, something along those lines. If it was a 40-point spread, I would still probably take the over. This is going to be just just a murdering. 
pains me to say, but no. Ohio State is a juggernaut, the likes of which most of the Big Ten, unfortunately, cannot compete. So it's not going to be close. Now, Kane, I know you're new to the podcast here, but every week we do a lead pipe lock of the week where it's our number one, our favorite pick, where we want you know you the better to put down two units or even more, bet the house, if you will. Are you, are you kind of leaning that this is your lead pipe lock of the week? Oh, no. Well, I mean, this would be a lead pipe lock of the week, but there is another particular matchup that has that kind of screamed coming, at me. Coming down the road? Okay. Yeah. And it, as a Michigan fan, it hurts. Spoiler alert. So. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right. Well, we'll get there in a second. Um, Andy, how are you leaning on this? Are you lead pipe lock worthy? Or are you still waiting? Uh, I'm not locking up yet, but uh, I'm with you guys. You know, Nebraska gave up 190 yards on the ground rushing last year to teams and you know that's what Ohio State does best they were they rushed for 200 yards per game as well so they got Trey Sermon the uh transfer from Oklahoma Master Teague says he's healthy so we should probably see at least some of him even though he had that Achilles injury in the spring um I expect like you guys said this game's just gonna get out of hand early uh Ohio State's probably gonna throw at least 50 on the board and Nebraska will be lucky to break 20. So, yeah, Ohio State minus yeah, no, look, Yeah, Nebraska was 94th last year versus the run. There, It's going to be a field day for all the guys you mentioned. And I think uh, QB Fields, he, he's going to r- rush for quite a few yards as well, not only throwing the ball, but I think he's going to run for quite a bit as well. We're going to be hearing some major Heisman buzz about Fields after this game. Oh, yes, he's putting up NCAA football uh, numbers. It'll be like playing uh, PS2 all over again. All right, moving on, we got Penn State, negative six at Indiana. Andy, what do you got here? All right, so Indiana, four and two at home a season ago. Um, with Their only losses last year were to Michigan, who, you know, they had a decent team last year with, wins against Notre Dame, and uh, also they lost to Ohio State at home. So they're pretty good at home. Um, Penn State, on the other hand, was uh, was 3-2 and two on the road. Um, and all those road games are relatively close. Um, when you take out their 59 nothing win against Maryland, there was only a 10-point uh, point differential between those other four games on the road. Uh Last season, Penn State did win this same matchup, 34-27, to and that was uh, at Penn State. So, uh, you know, kind of a, similar to what the Vegas has given us a spread for this one. Um, Penn State is without Journey Brown, who I know I mentioned in the first episode. Um, he's just kind of like their uh, Miles Sanders or uh, Saquon Barkley of this team. He had 1,000 yards last season, so... Uh, he had an undisclosed injury. They haven't really said much about it, but uh, I don't know. I'm leaning one way, but I'll let you guys, you know, drop some knowledge on this one first. Sure. Kana, you are, uh, you got some. Insight? Yeah, I'll take a swing at this. No, I'm going to give you a little bit of a roundabout here. So Penn state perennially hyped up in their off season, Correct. Like every year I hear, oh, Penn State's going to do this. Penn State's going to do that. And they come out and they look like world beaters one week. And then they look, then they lose to Penn or to Pitt the next week. So I'm not really that impressed with them. Um, I know they're number eight. They're returning Sean Clifford. 
he looked really good at times last year. And then there was other times where you're just like, what's going on here? Like two plays ago, you were throwing dimes. Now this is all over the place. I like Indiana at home. Bloomington, for some reason, is a tough place to play. Uh, You see a lot of, I mean, Ohio State has had trouble there. You see a lot of Big Ten schools that are very good go there and have a hard time. I don't think the lack of a fans is going to be that big of a deal because go watch a game there that's not packed. So I think at home, ready to play, I like Indiana here. Yeah, no, I I um, tend to agree with you here. I think the offense, Indiana, returns. Michael Penix Jr., sophomore quarterback. They got Stevie Scott um, returning as well, running back. He's going to run all over the place. Watt Fillier, wide receiver, senior. Um, he's gonna he's gonna be throwing it or catching it from Penix, and they're just gonna run up and down and up and down. And I think they get out early on Penn State. You know, fourteen nothing, just right out the gates, just punch them right in the mouth. Um, Penn State, you know, they they lose quite a bit on defense. Um, offensively, like you said, they do return Clifford. Journey Brown's injured, um, so he's not gonna be playing. So they're gonna have some holes to fill there. And I think they get behind early. And then I think, you know, it's a one-possession game. It comes down to the end. I think Penn State might even win the game on a late field goal or something like that. But I think Indiana, um, just on how they come out early, like you said, in Bloomington, it's a tough place to play, albeit it's going to be no fans there. Um, But it'll just be an interesting atmosphere, to say the least. But I'm leaning as well. Um, I'm going to go Indiana in the points. And if you uh, listen to our earlier pad- podcast, you'll know that I'm a pretty much a bandwagon fan at this point on Indiana. They're my lead pipe lock of the over-under. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm going to take them here. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I'm also going to lean Indiana with the six points. Uh, Danny mentioned they lost some guys on defense. That includes uh, All-American Micah Parsons, who opted out this season. Um, and yeah, Stevie Scott, Wap Fillior, they're, you know, they've got some names on offense who've got some national attention. So it's going to be a high scoring game, kind of like it was last year. And, you know, I, I think I'm just going to take, take the points in any situation like that. So I'm leaning Indiana here. Yeah. And last year you look at in happy Valley, um, Penn State won by seven. It was a close game all the way throughout. I think it's going to be close again this year. And now uh, Indiana has the edge being at home. Um, Last year, you mentioned the road games for Penn State. Out of the five games, only uh, two did they win by seven plus. And of those two games, it was Maryland, who was atrocious last year, and Michigan State. So, you know, I think uh, this will be, be quite different atmosphere than those two games. All right, moving on. Uh, we got Iowa, negative three at Purdue. What are we looking right, at so here, Andy? Iowa, this, is a, this was a tough one for me. I don't know about you guys, but Iowa uh, was three and two on the road last year. Uh, without their Northwestern game, uh, the average point differential was only three points per game in those, in those away games. So similar to exactly what the spread we got right now, Purdue on the other hand was three and four at home. Um, They had a bad loss to Illinois and then they had a heartbreaker at the end of the year and double overtime against Indiana. And then their uh, 
other lot uh, other losses were to TCU and Minnesota. So some tough games. Um, last year, Iowa did win this uh, matchup, twenty six to twenty. Um, you know, I'll go into some of the specifics too, but I'll let you guys speak on this one first. Yeah, Kana, you got some insight huh. on this one? This is hard because I feel like Iowa traditionally starts extremely slowly in the season. I try, I'm trying very hard not to let recency bias sway me too much, but I feel like there's been a little bit of off-season controversy, let's say, with Coach Kirk Ferentz and the Iowa program. I'm not sure they're going to have the focus they would normally have. And being traditionally not so great to start out the season, I'm leaning towards Purdue here. I got to be honest, this is probably the game I'm the least confident in under any of these circumstances. But really? really? Okay. There's just something about Iowa that, and Purdue, I guess they're sort of the, they're like the middle children of the Big Ten. You just don't hear about them all that much. There's never any hype. They can jump up and surprise you, but they can also just nosedive, and then people are like, oh, oh, Iowa. So I'm leaning I'm leaning towards Purdue. They've got a pretty dynamic offense. Uh, I really like their head coach. I, yeah, I would take I would take Purdue here if you twisted my arm, but this is this is one I might avoid. Okay, well, what's your official pick here? You I would Purdue take the my official pick is Purdue, and this is the opposite of a lead pipe lock. This is the least confident pick this of the like week. Like the plex, or this is like the PVC, not lock. <laughs> <laughs> the the cracked PVC pipe that was put in thirty seven years ago that's Correct. falling apart. And they accidentally used electrical conduit instead of PVC. That is what this is. Right. Okay. All right. I got you. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to swing 180 degrees away from you here. So basically Iowa comes in last year, they were plus nine turnover margin, Purdue negative eight turnover margin. They returned QB plumber last year. He had eight interceptions and he didn't even play the full season. He's going to throw picks to an experienced cornerback or secondary with cornerbacks, Hankins and Kerner. They pump out NFL talent year after year. These guys, I'm, I'm going to call it now, they're getting two, at least two picks, okay? Iowa returns a bunch of talent on offense. They got to plug in a new quarterback, Spencer Petras, who I think is going to fill in just like any other Iowa quarterback. He'll look probably exactly like Nate Stanley, so I don't think there's going to be any drop-off there. And then you look at Purdue, and what do they like to do? They like to pass the ball. Who was ranked number 19th nationally last year against the pass? The Iowa Hawkeyes at 195 yards per game. So I think three points here is low, super low. I think Iowa not only wins this, but wins it going away and handedly. And this is my lead pipe lock of the week. Iowa Hawkeyes on the road taking down the Boilermakers. Dan, that is so... I'm so glad you mentioned the, those passing stats because a year ago, Jake Plummer ripped this team for 350 yards. He did throw an interception, like you said, 
Uh, but David Bell also had 13 catches for 197 yards, and they didn't even have Rondale Moore in that game, and they get him back. So whatever Iowa was doing to have a top-five defense last year, uh, Purdue figured it out, and they weren't even that good. And now they're getting healthy. Um, if they can limit the turnovers, they, they didn't have a turnover problem last year with uh, about two per game. So if they can keep it around that two-turnover mark or even limit it to one turnover – Purdue is easily going to cover the three. They may even win this game outright. So I'm going to agree with Kana here, and I'm going to take Purdue with the points. Uh, I don't feel, um, you know, very strongly with it, but I wouldn't feel strong about lead pipe lock at Iowa either. You there? Yo, yeah, that was kind of weird, but we're back in the club. What happened there? Little difficulties but welcome back andy go ahead and finish what you were talking about stomping all over my iowa hawkeyes so what did you hear like where should i pick up i'll just start so, off the beginning. yeah start you about the, passing the more stuff because that was fantastic evidence and i couldn't agree with you more okay so dan had mentioned that uh you know iowa was great against the pass with like 190 yards per game but i was saying Plummer ripped them last year for 350 yards on the road. And David Bell also caught, you know, 13 balls for 197 yards. And that was without Rondale Moore, who they do get back. So, you know, whatever Iowa was doing to have a top five defense last year, this Purdue team, which wasn't even that good, had it figured out. And they're going to come in to Purdue and, you know, if they don't, they may win this game outright, but they're definitely going to cover the three points. So I'm not, uh, you know, lead pipe locking anything here, uh, but I definitely lean Purdue plus the points at home. Interesting. Okay. All right. Okay. I think there's going to be interceptions of plenty. Oh, and... yeah. That was the other thing I was saying, too, is like Purdue, if they can limit the turnovers, they, they did have a lot of turnovers, like you said, uh, two, they had two per game last year. If they can limit it to about two, I think they're going to win this game. Okay. All right. We'll see. We'll see. It'll be interesting because if uh, Purdue can't pass the ball, I think this one will be uh, over early. All right. Moving on. We got two games left here. We got Michigan negative three at Minnesota. Andy, what do you see here? So I think this one – the Sharks got backwards and when they set the line, but uh, I'll, I'll give you the rundown here. So Minnesota was 6-1 and one at home a year ago. Their only loss was to Wisconsin in the Battle of Paul Bunyan's Axe, which was a, a bad loss. Uh, Michigan, on the other hand, was 3-2 and two on the road. They just got walloped by Wisconsin at Camp Randall. And they did okay against Penn State on the road. Uh, a lot of Michigan fans will remember the greatest second half of all time last year when then they put up 21 <laughs> and almost came back. Um, but they didn't play each other last year, so they did have common impo- opponents. Both of them went 2-2 two and two against those. Uh, they both lost to Wisconsin and both had wins against Illinois, and then they split Iowa and Penn State. So not really a, uh, uh, any advantages there. Uh, I don't know how you guys see this one playing out, though. Kana, how you see it? Uh, you uh, gave us a little spoiler there early on in the show. What are you looking at here? Okay. So there's a guy by the name of Joe Milton. Rocket arm quarterback. 
who we have never seen play in an actual game. I think he does have three completions for seven attempts for 59 yards, a TD, and an interception somewhere yeah. in there. And you know those are against garbage time opposition. Maybe. So my point stands. So what I'm thinking here is that Michigan, under Jim Harbaugh, struggles on the road. Pains me to say, always happens. Michigan struggles on the road against ranked opponents. Quarterback, untested quarterback, very wonky preseason schedule or uh, practicing and everything. I want to say, yeah. Uh, th- this makes me pause because I know this game is just going to ruin my evening because it gets done late. I'm going to be mad. It's going to be bad for my blood pressure. But there's For no those way. of you out there, if you haven't noticed already, Kana is a big Wolverine fan. Yeah. Incredibly big. So this is going to be, this is going to be detrimental to my weekend. <laughs> there is no way Michigan covers this. I don't – I my hope is for them to be competitive because they come out of the gates every year and just look awful unless they're playing little sisters of the poor. There is, yeah. And you can hear it in my voice. This is pain. I expect pain. So I would take, I would, I would take Minnesota at three. So Michigan at three, no way. That would be my lead pipe lock. Minnesota covers. Ooh. I threw okay. Up in my mouth. Right. Hey. Okay. All right. I'm. I. Uh, I'm leaning towards you as well. Um, Minnesota offense returns a ton. They got Tanner Tanner Morgan at quarterback. Everybody in the Big Ten knows uh, Justin Fields, but I think Tanner Morgan is the, is right there. He's another guy that's. Uh, he's big. He throws it around. He's got weapons with Rashad Bateman who opted back in. Um, they get Muhammad Ibrahim, the running back who was injured most of last year. He's back. Offensive line, all five starters return. So this offense is going to click, and they're going to click early. They're going to row the boat early. P.J. Fleck is going to have them energized like he always does. Um, Like you said, I think Michigan struggles on offense early just with new quarterback Milton. I do think Milton, the Ronnie Bell connection, might be something to watch as the season goes on. But early on, they're going to have their struggles. Minnesota is going to be hyped and ready for this game at home. I agree with you. I, I say Minnesota plus three. And in anytime you got a spread that's low, three or under, I usually uh, say take the money line. Um, but if you're betting against the spread, definitely take the points here in Minnesota. Yep, I'm going to agree with both you guys here. These teams, you know, when you look at them on paper a year ago, they couldn't have been more, like, even. They both put up about 32, 34 points a game. They both allowed about 21, 23 points per game. Um, so then you got to look at, you know, what, what do they got coming back? Well, Michigan doesn't have anything coming back on offense. Minnesota's got pretty much everything except for Tyler Johnson coming back on offense. Um, Michigan loses Cleek Hudson on defense. Uh, you know, they do still get those, they're all big 10 defensive ends coming back, but it ain't going to be enough. Like Kana said, they don't play well on the road against ranked opponents. Minnesota is going to win this game outright. Uh, like you said, I would take them on the money line. But as far as we're concerned with the, against the spread, I'm going to go ahead and lock in my lead pipe lock of the week as well. Minnesota plus three. Is Harbaugh finally going to be on the hot seat, or does that guy just get a pass year after year? 
Uh, he's Jim. Are you asking me as a Michigan fan what I think? Yeah. Okay. There's nobody else. I am, un- I am un- under the impression that there's no one else we can get. Harbaugh was our dream hire. If he can't do it, I don't see who can. Um, not to pick at old wounds here, but I really think the call against Ohio State swung against us. That had a negative effect on recruiting that I don't see. Like We view the success of our season as beating Ohio State. And with the state of things, I just don't see how that can happen. Um, I want to see improvement, but uh, he's going to be on the hot seat with the fans, but I do not think he's going to be on the hot seat with the administration. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, Andy, we got one more pick left, so let's uh, hit it up here. All right, you couldn't have found two worse teams to do it. Maryland at Northwestern. Northwestern coming in as an 11-point favorite, which seems crazy to me that Northwestern can be an 11-point favorite over anybody, but here we are. So Northwestern coming in this season, or last season was 2-5 and five at home. Uh, their only wins were against powerhouses of UMass and UNLV. Uh, Maryland, on the other hand, 1-5 and five on the road, only win against Rutgers, who we talked about earlier earlier so they did have i think four common opponents but they lost they all lost to all of them so there's really nothing to really take away from that so uh this is a tricky one for me i don't know how how do you guys see it well for me it it goes to the defense here for of northwestern uh which kept them in a lot of games last year they lost a lot of one score games they did get blown out quite a bit too but they they were close in a lot of matchups um, their defense returns nine guys, including middle linebacker Patty Fisher. If you don't know his name uh, yet, you will by the end of the year. That guy um, will lead the Big Ten in tackles for sure. And then on offense, they return a bunch of guys, and they also get transfer quarterback uh, Peyton Ramsey from Indiana. Um, last year, their turnover margin was negative 10. And a lot of that was due to uh, their quarterback play. Aiden Smith had nine interceptions uh, to only three touchdowns. And so I'm looking at Peyton Ramsey coming in here and just kind of holding on to the ball a little bit more. Um, I think he's, you know, we, that term game manager, but I think he's a little bit more than just that. But I don't think he's going to turn the ball over as much as they did last year. So I think that will improve. Um, and then you look at Maryland. And I don't see anything really uh, jumping out to me on on Maryland's depth chart. Um, And then their coach, Mike Loxley, we talked about him in the previous episode. And his career record is like 6-40 and or something just awful. So, I mean, I'm not seeing them, you know, lighting up the scoreboard at all. I don't think Northwestern is really going to light it up either. Um, But I think Northwestern, you know, they get, you know, 27, 24, 27 points. I think they cover this one pretty easy. Um, so I'm, I'm leaning towards Northwestern here at home, taking on the Terps. Yeah, uh, I like how we go from the battle for the little brown jug to the battle of the, oh, man, ugh. This is going <laughs> to be, this is, or Northwestern is a well-run team. Pat Fitzgerald's a good coach. They're going to be, they're going to be a solid middle-of-the-pack Big Ten team. Maryland is going to be a doormat. So I would pick – I feel pretty confident in 
Northwestern over. This is going to be another ugly game. Uh, Maryland just, oof, they've got no one. A couple years from now, maybe they'll get some momentum going. But, yeah, even their coaching hires just screams, like, please don't murder us. I, I don't – Wildcats in a romp. So all right, there we go. So Northwestern, Dan mentioned uh, their their quarterback transfer from uh, Peyton Ramsey coming in from Indiana. So Northwestern was just horrible on offense last year. Rutgers is the only team that was worse than them, I think. And they were putting up 16 points per game. So I expect that to go up a little bit. Um, Maryland, on the other hand, their defense was atrocious. They're allowing 34 points per game. Um. So I do think Northwestern will get the win at home. I just don't know, uh, you know, with the team and these new pieces and the shortened off season, if they're ready to uh, really step up to the plate. And Maryland's got some new members on this team that could, you know, help them put up some points. Dan mentioned Coach Loxley. I know he hounds on him all the time. Uh, He does have those Alabama ties, and they just got – Tua's younger brother Talia Tungo Dailoa in at quarterback. And their depth chart lists him as basically 1B. So I think if anything starts to go wrong, you know, T- Talia Tungo Dailoa is going to come in and take this team over. Uh, no disrespect to Lance, uh, whatever his name, I can't, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name, but is it Lance Bass? <laughs> Lance Lagrange or something. I, yeah, I have oh. to look it up, but he, he was, he was, Leg- Legendre. Uh, coming out of high school. I think he was like the number nine uh, dual threat quarterback. So the guy, Laxley can recruit for sure. Um, They also have the five-star wide receiver who's going to be probably cycled in throughout the day too. So that's the only reason that I'm leaning Maryland with the points. I just don't think Northwestern has what it takes to, you know, blow a team out of the water yet with that offense being the way it was. So I'm going to say it's probably going to be a Northwestern victory, but probably only by one possession or maybe, you know, 10 points at the most. So Maryland has lost uh, six of their last Big Ten road games by 11-plus. One of those was a win against Rutgers. So basically six of their last eight they have lost by 11-plus. I just don't see them moving the ball here. And I think, you know, Peyton Ramsey at quarterback – improves the offense enough um, to get them out in front and to sustain a lead bigger than, bigger than 11. So I'm taking Northwestern here. Um, Andy, I think we missed your pick. You let us kind of go. And I don't know if you actually made the pick on uh, Penn State, Indiana. Really? Penn State, Indiana? I took Indiana with the points. I agreed with you guys. You did? Okay. So we were all yeah. in agreement there. Okay. All right, so uh, did you ever mention your lead pipe? Me? Yeah, uh, Minnesota. Yeah, come on, man. Oh, you, oh, you both. Oh, okay. All right, I miss, I'm, I blacked out there. Jeez. Okay, sorry. Okay, all right, all right. We got some interesting matchups here. Um, I think we agreed on quite a bit, guys. The, the, the biggest disagreement, I think, was my lead pipe lock that you guys just uh, don't see coming. But just wait till Saturday. I'll be, uh, I'll be tweeting it out at the star 18. I'll be trashing you guys. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I think the only other one, uh, Dan, you went against uh, both of us on the Rutgers MSU game. And then I was all on my, by my lonesome on Maryland Island. So we'll see how that one goes. Have you ever watched Rutgers right. play yeah. a football game? What do you 
What are you doing, man? <laughs> Have you ever seen Michigan State? Well, offense? yeah, but oh, Rutgers? That is, is that the hill you want to die on? <laughs> it's not. But if if Greg Schiano wasn't coming back to coach him, I would definitely take Michigan State for you know thirteen and a half easy. But I think he comes in. There's some pieces on offense there. Oh, where he just he'll do right. some of, of things I can't say. Well, he, <laughs> He's not. They're not going to win. They won't win. But he's going to find a way to score a few points, and Michigan State's not going to light up the scoreboard and win by fourteen. No, and I think we'll all have been. We'll all be a little poorer for having to endure this game. <laughs> oh yes, no, I, I don't plan on watching it until maybe the final three minutes when I'm sweating out the sweat. Well, and if you can't tell, ugh, yuck, Michigan State. So I, I hope it's the worst game in the history of football. Ideally, they would lose <laughs> by hundred, but Rutgers, come on. Right. All right. So we got our Big Ten picks in. Uh, any uh, games across the board this week that jump out to you guys that maybe you just want to give a little insight into the listeners out there? I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. No. You're, you're, so you're just, you guys are just amped for the Big Ten season. I'm trying like to it. prepare myself for the Michigan game. So I razor focus. I like it. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I I, uh, I won't even mention anything. I'll just uh, – everyone can look out for my bonus picks of the week on Twitter. Again, that's at DSTAR18. Um, Andy, you want to get a little plug in there before yeah, we go? Yeah, real A star on Twitter. Uh, I will also be retweeting this episode as soon as it comes out. Awesome. Kana, you want to plug in I Twitter? I do not have Twitter, so. Yeah. Oh, come Give on. Me a what is this guy born in 1940? Can you even nudge anymore? I don't know. Try. Nudge me. (laughs) Give him a nudge on Facebook, folks. All right. Sounds good. Well, that's another wrap for uh, week one, Big Ten. Again, picking against the spread. This is what's the spread. And as always, please gamble responsibly.